0: Win at Work and Life with Nikki Bush is the podcast where we explore what it means to win at both work and life. Today, you get to choose how to create a life of meaning and self-expression that includes both your work and life outside the office with your family. In this episode, I'll be talking to Angelique de Toy, a colleague and friend of many years. Angelique is a well-known business and an inspirational speaker and author of five best-selling books. From the first time I heard her speak, I have remembered this line, you win or you lose by the way that you choose, which is so very closely aligned to the purpose of this podcast. Angelique is an extremely poised and successful speaker, author and business owner. You would never know that she started working at the tender age of 14 after a very tough childhood. This eloquent and articulate woman earned her degrees from the life of hard knocks rather than university and will be sharing some of the important lessons she has learned along the way. After three decades of successfully running direct selling companies with her late husband, Ernest, Angelique has established an organization called Evangel, taken from the root meaning of her name, which means bearer of good news. The purpose of Evangel is to inspire hope through authentic speaking and writing. It is also dedicated to building new generation businesses and networks to keep in flow with the ever-changing world around us welcome Angelique it's wonderful to have you here thank you Nikki it's really a privilege
1: to be here and to be part of your show
0: Ah, oh, thank you so much Angelique you and I have shared a journey in the past few years I was widowed four years ago and you were widowed very suddenly two years ago so we have a lot in common uh, life does not unfold in a straight line as both of us have discovered and your journey which you speak about often starting at around the age of 14 when you entered the world of work by necessity definitely hasn't unfolded in a straight line right from the beginning can you take us on a journey of how a 14 year old apprentice hairdresser got to be a speaker on the global stage Interesting
1: journey, as you say, uh, Nikki. And um, if we are aware enough, there are lessons that are packed in every single experience that we have. And in one of my books, what in the world are you waiting for? I ask this very question is what needs to happen in our lives in order for us to get to where it is that we should be and do what it is that is aligned to the gift set that is within us. But in order for me to be speaking from this angle today, I had to go through some very interesting process. And one of them was recognizing that fear was a major slave driver in my life. And I believe fear is what is besetting many people in the world today. And fear came into my life, I believe from even my mother's womb because of the circumstances that we were living in. And so it was an emotion that scarily became very much a part of my life. But so overwhelming was it that at the age of 21, it just about took my life out of me. Uh, Because fear is a force that unless it is brought under control, it will actually control you. And so I was beset with many insecurities and believed that I was one of those people who didn't matter what I did, because life kept giving me these messages, was never going to be as successful as anybody else. And so from that, I actually developed a life strategy. And the life strategy was, let me run away. Because if I can run away, then I don't need to face something. I don't need to confront it. I don't need to deal with it. I'll just stuff it all down on the inside of me. And then maybe one day when... I have forgotten about it long enough, it will go away and I'll be fine. But of course, the absolute opposite happens. And so you don't run away from anything. In fact, what you do is bury it and it comes out in other very aggressive ways and not necessarily in behavior, but in illness, in self-defeat, in many of those things that I believe many people in the world today are dealing with and that is why you and I do the work that we do.
0: Absolutely. So when you say we we run away, are you saying we run away to victimhood, to remaining a victim of circumstance? I think it could be that, but I think
1: I was running away into finding a place of, obliv- of oblivion where I didn't actually need to look at what was going on on the inside of me. So it's impossible to run away from yourself because then you run away to substances and you run away to other dependencies and you run away to addictions. And I knew I didn't want that for my life. And so it was only when I started confronting myself through a very potent woman, a very spiritual woman, a very aware woman who accessed my life and who held a mirror up to me to say that the reason you are having all of these meltdowns in your life is because you have not confronted what is confronting you. And those were matters of unforgiveness, rage on the inside of me, um, fear, bitterness. You know, I was just angry with the world. And I didn't recognize it. And she helped me recognize it. Through a process that I went through that I realized if I was going to be forgiven by God for the things that I had done in my life and the pickles I had got myself into, I needed to be able to forgive those people in my life. And it was a journey. And I cannot tell you how freeing it was. And so there were three very distinct women who left profound um, imprints on my life that have brought me to the place where I, I am today. And of course, one of them was my mother who went through, I would have to say, probably amongst one of the most toughest lives I have personally known. And yet, Nikki, she never lost her dignity. She never lost who she was. She always had her shoulders square and her head held high. An abused woman, um, unfairly treated woman, but, you know, from the silent generation. And so, you know, you meander through that stuff as well because you're trying to find your own voice in a very volatile situation. And and yet you have patterns and cycles in your life that need to be broken. And so it was the second woman who helped me uncover and reveal within myself what was truly in my heart with the help of God because I really needed it everything that i could get to get back on my feet and realize that there really was a life to be lived and i believe that is why i speak so strongly today about internal transformation is the key to having external impact
0: wow it's such a it's such an amazing thing to be open to the mentors who appear in your life to be humble enough i think to acknowledge that you need help and to be willing to accept it, to make yourself supportable enough, which I think so many people battle with, is firstly acknowledging that they have some challenges, and secondly, being willing to be helped along the way. That's not to say you don't have to do what you say your human push ups. Nobody else can do your human push ups for you. So, can you take us through? Um, How do you get through the patterns of abuse? You had abuse. Your mother would have passed that pattern of abuse down to you as well as a role model. You watched her being abused. How did you break out of the abuse mindset? Because there is a time when you've got to draw a line. What made you draw that line in the sand?
1: I believe as I started to heal, and become more empowered within myself through a beautiful process of transformation. Because the point that you make is people need to be humble enough. Well, you either, I think humility is one thing to ask for help, but I think desperation is another. In one of my seminars, what I talk about is we change for one or two reasons. We either change through inspiration or through desperation. And mine was clearly a case of desperation. And I believe that at a very, or from a very young age, I had experienced so much disconnect and dysfunction in the home that I made up my mind that I did not want that for my life. And I stuck with that. And I thought it doesn't matter what it costs me. I am not prepared to allow somebody to mistreat me like that. And that is why I do a whole series on boundaries, because if we don't have those internal boundaries and that internal structure in our lives, we will have people that will trespass our boundaries. And then we can't figure why we feel so angry, so frustrated, so irritated, but it's actually not the other person's fault. It's, It's the fact that we are allowing somebody to completely trespass the boundaries that we should put in place and yet I will say on the other hand is that can become a very masculine way like putting on your battle gear and I know I did this for years is don't take me on because (laughs) and as a woman that can be very frightening for your male counterpart and so it took me a number of years to realize that I could be just as authoritative just as powerful but just as beautiful in my feminine energy if I did it the right way and I think that's often the conflict women in business have today is we feel that in order to be successful and authoritative and run an enterprise that we've got to be you know firm and tough and masculine and actually we need to be completely the opposite and so that's how I discovered the real woman on the inside of me that I could actually be far more influential in just being who I am instead of trying to pretend to be a stronger person than I was.
0: So you have always espoused you win and you lose by the way that you choose. Now, how was that tested after the passing of your husband two years ago? Because you weren't just husband and wife you were business partners, so you pretty much lived your whole life together, personal and professional, and having been together for so many years, I think, it, was it 30 years that you were married? It was about yeah. 30 years. It's it's like a seamless dance that, that you know, you were dancing all the time. You could second-guess each other, I, I'm, I'm assuming, but you were just put in such an invidious position in a matter of seconds that changed everything.
1: Mm -hmm. To be fair, Nikki, I was challenged on everything I had ever written about, spoken about, believed, trusted in. It completely rocked my world. I just could not fathom how I was going to choose after such devastation and you know you know exactly what i'm talking about and at this juncture i just want to say that a lot of the coping mechanisms that i learned and and the growth through the pain that i learned was from you you were exceptionally generous in sharing your own experience with me personally you know and um what had helped you and so I really appreciate that because at times when you feel like all of the seams are coming undone and you the glue is not holding anymore and you're becoming thoroughly unstuck uh, you just go back to what is my why why am i here if i have a pulse i have a purpose so i must be here for a reason and i realized in in that time of of grief and trauma that Whilst I could learn so much from everybody else, I needed to become my own cheerleader. I needed to become my own champion in my own life. And I would literally talk myself through the day you have to get up out of bed now. You have to get dressed. You have to have a focus today. And first of all, it was just baby steps. And, you know, I think with baby steps, eventually those steps become a bit bigger. And And then each day you have a victory, you enter the next day with a mindset of victory. And so it really was a a slow process. I'm not going to say it happened overnight, but I held myself accountable. I held myself accountable by going back and reading what I would written about. And so I, I held myself daily to a different aspect of something that I knew I needed for that day and that is why I'm doing this podcast channel Spirit, Soul and Body because if your spirit, soul and body aren't in alignment, it's like trying to sit on a two-legged stool, you'll fall over. So each day I would say okay today we're really going to work on spirit and then by this afternoon we're going to get into my mind, my will, my emotions which is my soul. And then I would do some exercise and eat correctly and sleep properly. And so it just was a, a mechanism I built around myself, a process that I, I started to realize worked for me. But oh, my goodness, I had to dig deep
0: in order to get there. You wrote a book called Turn It Around, which I think under the circumstances was quite prophetic. And that was written many, many years ago. and in a sense, you were called once again to turn it around in your life. And you had to turn it around in deep isolation. Can you tell us where you found yourself after the loss of your beautiful husband? Well,
1: you know, um, we partly lived in Italy, so being permanent residents, I needed to go back to register his death, and I had made up my mind that I was going to just go for six weeks, do the registration, to come back and sort out what needed to be sorted out in South Africa. But of course, none of us knew that COVID was going to come on Italy the way that it did, and so I didn't even get a look in at an opportunity to get back, because before I knew it, we were all in major major lockdown way before the rest of the world was and so what started off as a six-week journey ended up in 10 months of isolation with little hints of being able to go out now and again and so not only was I dealing with grief and trauma but total isolation and it's interesting that you that you raised that book turn it around because that actually became a mantra for me where I would say to myself you're going to have to find strategies to turn this around. You're going to have to get connected to the outside world in a deeper way than you have. And so I, interestingly enough, am relaunching Turn It Around. Because of COVID, it didn't have the run that it should have had. And because it is a very prophetic book, I did not realize what I wrote in that book is what is happening in the world today. And so I am releasing it in a digital format. Uh, Because when I reread it, I thought there is so many nuggets and truths here that will help women in the homes, in the workplace, in their relationship. And so I had to get to a place where I said to myself, Angelique, you need to own these emotions. You need to own your pain and no longer pretend that it doesn't exist. The only way you're going to turn it around is to first own it. And then I also realized that I needed to give expression to my pain but I didn't want to lose control over it. In other words, I didn't want it to control me. And so it was a very fine balance of acknowledging that I was in pain, but finding a way of how I could deal with that pain so that I didn't go into depression, so that I didn't go into crazed anger at this almost unfair action that had happened in life. And I think too, on the softer side, um, it was reflecting on... Deeply appreciating the people in your life, living in the moment, being so aware of that person in your life, because when you've watched somebody struggle for breath, you realize you cannot go back in time. You can only go forward. And it made me realize that to move into my future, I needed to maximize time because I couldn't recreate it. And so it was an interesting journey for me.
0: Wow, what a, I hate to say, scary thought of being alone through your grief. I was in the exact opposite situation where my husband died pre-COVID, two years pre-COVID, and I had so much physical support of real live people in my space. And I often wonder, how one makes it without that and so you had to dig really really deep on your inner resources to wake up every day and not have people arrive with food and flowers and well-meaning support and you know everything that goes with the kind of ritual the normal ritual after someone passes that for a good sort of six to twelve months People will pop by. People will invite you out for coffee and tea and lunch and supper, and they don't want you to be alone. You were forced to be alone. You were forced into such a deep isolation. You actually had to sit with your grief. You couldn't avoid your grief, which on some levels must be really constructive, but in another way, quite frightening. Nikki, I had to find
1: joy In the war I was facing for my future. I knew that in that moment in time or that duration of time that if I didn't find my joy I was going to lose my strength and so I needed to find joy in in a war because it was a war. It was a war in my mind, it was a war in my emotions, it was a war in my body. I had physical symptoms in my body that showed me my body was under severe stress. But you couldn't even go to the hospital unless you were like really on death's door because there were no beds, there was no one to attend to you. It was just a crazy, crazy time in, in Italy at that time. And so I realized that I, I am a woman of great faith and that the only person that I knew to turn to with whom there was no shadow of turning was God, and his faithfulness is beyond description. But I do realize in order for God to work in your life, you have to. So it's God's sovereignty on the one hand, but your responsibility on the other. And I think for many people, uh, you use the word victim, they get into a victim mode and just suddenly expect that somehow supernaturally something is going to happen that's going to change the situation but you know we're given a brain we're given emotions we're giving we're given abilities to to process for a reason and that is for us to make the choice because indeed we do win or lose by the way that we choose
0: uh, that leads me into another one of your one-liners that has stuck with me and it's the one that says if anything is going to be it has to start with me which I also remember from many, many years ago. And what you're talking about here is that you had a choice. We always have a choice, no matter how dire our situation is, how we respond is our choice. And you chose to use that power of choice to shift yourself out of fear, one baby step at a time, no matter how difficult it was. And you mentioned you know, how you used to get out of bed in the morning and have to tell yourself what to do. I remember that distinctly, writing myself little lists in the first two years of becoming a widow of, it said, wake up, get dressed, put on makeup, eat breakfast, take vitamins. And every time I could tick something off the list, it was a victory. Mm -hmm. It was a step forward in this kind of insurmountable a sea of pain and lack of control i think you know we we so want to be in control mm. and one of the first lessons i learned after my husband's death is that control is really quite an illusion mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and your life was quite planned you were in direct selling and if mm-hmm. i remember direct selling in my years of direct selling your calendar is is up and running before the year even begins of when your launches are and your launch events. And you and Ernest did such colorful, exciting launch events in your companies. You dressed up, you had themes, you were all in. And, you know, I, I, I look at that and I think, wow, that was a carefully planned reality. And that carefully planned reality of yours came crashing down. Mm-hmm. And your life was changed forever and it doesn't remotely resemble your life before anymore. And yet there's a joy, there's a radiance in you, there's a richness that you're starting to experience in your life because you've chosen to step into a new adventure.
1: Thank you for saying so, Nikki. Um, It's a fundamental belief of mine that we are all only one decision away from making a change. And that is why I'm so strong on you win or you lose by the way that you choose. And uh, you know, direct selling for me gave me many opportunities. It gave me a window into the world. And a lot of what I learned in that business realm, I was actually able to apply to my life even in these times, because you know to reemerge, because you know what it's like to hibernate, to get absolutely compressed by a situation where you think the end has come for yourself. I mean, that was actually really what I thought in the very early beginning. I just, well, maybe my, my life has come to an end, because as you say, it, it
0: just, everything that I knew in my life just stopped. One loss of breath, Yes, you know. We yeah, talk I about it a full I'm stop. It, it, you <laughs> know, your life became a, it, that moment was a full stop moment in your life.
1: Exactly. You know, you speak about control being an illusion. I I have watched someone not be able to keep their own breath in their own lungs. We can control nothing. The only thing we can do every day is just live with deep, deep gratitude. Because life is full of uncertainties. Life is unpredictable. You know that as well as I know that I mean you can be going along swimmingly one day and the next day your life is taken on a completely different trajectory and so we have to turn it around more than once and I love that you said we were all in because um, in my book what in the world are you waiting for one of the chapters is called you've got to be in it to influence it and, you know, your your uh, wonderful podcast channel is called Win at Work. And I often say to women that I speak to in, in conferences is, you know, are you in it to influence it? In other words, are you in your work or do you just go to work? Oh. Are you in your marriage or do you just have a marriage? Are you in your parenting or are you just a parent? And, you know, that list of questions can go on forever. And if you really want to influence your own life, you've got to choose which horse you want to saddle and ride it very well, deciding that if I'm on it, I'm going to be in it. And, um, and, and for me, that's a great key to overcoming some of the challenges that we, we face in life.
0: I think what resonates for me is when you say be in it to win it uh, and the saddle story is that we're actually on a process of self-discovery all the time. That's Mm -hmm. the adventure actually is our evolution, is Mm -hmm. our sense of becoming, that everything that is put in our way, everything that happens to us, everything we agree to dance within our lives is an opportunity to learn more about who we are, the gifts we bring into this world and how we're going to express those gifts. And if you can commit to your own journey of self-discovery, it makes even the hardest things perhaps interesting. Um, mm. If you're curious enough to wonder where these things might be taking you. But that's a leap of faith, I guess.
1: It is. It is. But, you know, I love the way that you use the word curious, because for me, that has been a large part of this reemergence, is remaining curious. What is left for me? What is there for me still to discover? Who is it that I could connect with? Who is it that I could collaborate with? The possibilities are endless. But in order to take advantage of those in the right sense, you've got to find some courage. You've got to find some inner grit. You've got to be able to say, I know my why, but I also know my lie. And my, my lie is going to stop me from getting to where it is that I know I need to go to. And my why is going to get me there. And so it really is about saddling the horse of your why and leaving the lie of your life behind. Because the lies that I was finding that were filtering in was this is the end of your life. This is the end of the road. This is the end of your journey. And that's simply not true. So, you know, it's like a metamorphosis that's taken place now, because now I have an additional two years of deep, wonderful experience. It sounds difficult to say wonderful, Mm -hmm. but I have learned lessons in these two years that I would never have learned if I didn't go through the experiences that I went through. And so life is a fascinating journey. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm all in.
0: I'm really all in. You're all in because you want to spot the gift, experience the gift that has come. And I think so many people, when terrible things happen, shocking things happen in their lives, can become so buried by the circumstances that they can't see the collateral beauty in the collateral damage. And yet there is always a new beginning after an ending. And I know that sounds so... um, it sounds so difficult to accept, you know, when something has been so final and when a really good chapter has ended, you know, you had a long and prosperous and loving and celebratory chapter that, that was drawn to a close in a very sudden and unexpected way. And yet, you still have a whole nother lifetime ahead of you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I look at you, I look at the way you've lived your life, I look at The way you are living your life today. And I'm so excited for you about the prospects in the future and the future that you are co creating. How did you consciously establish connections with the world during this time of isolation in a foreign country? What did you you actually do? Some of the practical things that you did to make sure that you. Kind of stayed connected to that outside world personally and in business?
1: I had to keep reminding myself of something that I've lived believing for a long, long time. And that is that most people stop at the start. So we have an idea that we need to be doing something different, but we stop at the start. And why do we stop at the start? We stop at the start because usually we feel defeated and therefore we become depleted. And I think death of a loved one can do that in your life. The second reason we stop at the start is because we tend to have um, perfectionist tendencies. So we don't start because it's never the perfect time, or we start but we never finish something because it's never quite perfect. And I was faced with a very real temptation. And the temptation was, that maybe I'll just spend the rest of my life lying in a hammock, forgetting that that there is a world around me and just hibernate for the rest of my life. That was my my life strategy. Let me just run away and go and do something that doesn't force me to have to face all of of this. Um, But of course, I realized that I have a purpose and again, reconnected with myself practically, internally to say, Why are you here? So one day my son said something very profound to me and he said to me, Mom, I know that this might be a very tough statement to make. He said, but on that day, two people didn't die. And it caused me to look inward again and to say, maybe I'm living, but not really. So maybe I'm just merely existing. And I think what he was saying to me is I'm not seeing in you the, the mom the woman that I saw before. And so it led me on a journey of saying, you know, um, rather than hibernate, uh, rather reconnect with who it is that you are and why you are alive. And what is it that you can do again in your future with new eyes, with a new heart, with a new mindset. And so the only way I could reemerge initially was online because that was all that was available to me. And and that took me back to my why and and my purpose, Um, because I believe that every single one of us have a gift set that is detailed in our individual DNA. And I had to redirect myself back to what I knew I was good at, to what I knew I was born to do, to what I knew gave me satisfaction. And what gave me satisfaction was helping other women because of the three women upon whose shoulders I stood, I made a commitment to God at the age of 21, where I was somewhere between merely existing and contemplating death, and he saved my life. And I made a commitment to him that I would never overlook a woman at the crossroads of her life. And that took me back to my why. And and that's why I went um, online with recreating new branding, doing a podcast channel, I'm working on a whole series of ebooks. I am uh, reinventing Turn It Around digitally. So there's a lot of very interesting projects that I am am working on and what I really want to say to your followers today is it is quite extraordinary what happens when you make the choice to make a change. All you need is one decision and the courage to act on it and it was as if The Red Sea parted and an enormous amount of opportunity rose up to meet me. And so I believe that it goes back to, you have to believe before you can receive. So we need to to go back to living with, with hands wide open, hearts wide open, minds wide open, eyes wide open. It's about living with an awareness and probably life lessons like you and I have been through uh, creates a depth in that awareness that maybe the person who's pretty much sailed through life might not have,
0: and yet I wouldn't exchange it for anything. Uh, Of course we wouldn't, but you do allude to the fact that we need to have opportunity and possibility eyes, that is stepping on that adventure of, I wonder, wonder what's over the hill and around the corner And being open to surprise. Mm. And when we are in that mode of over controlling, being in hyper control, very often, even when life is going well, we shut down the opportunity to be surprised by life in a good way. And so I think that, you know, when you spoke about the fact that you've got so many. Projects on the go, which are tapping into your why, but also enabling you to mine your creativity, you are stepping into that surprise. You didn't realize that this was going to, you know, be your future, but but you're working it. You're 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 on that saddle, um, and you're in it to win it. And I just I'm I'm loving watching the evolution of Angelique 2.0. Angelique, thank you for your time, thank you for your wisdom, thank you for sharing your heart with us in this podcast, and I have to say that I think you are my ultimate role model in the power of packing a soundbite. You've always had this ability, and I just want to pick up a couple of them that you've shared with us today. If you have a pulse, you have a purpose. And I think that's incredibly, incredibly powerful. If you're alive, how are you going to use that one beautiful wild life? That fear is a force, and we can either confront it or we can run away from it. And that is a choice. And then you said that you need to be in it to win it. Love that. And that you need to make a choice to make a change really alluding to the fact that you win or you lose by the way that you choose and that we need to choose how we are going to tell a new story when a new chapter opens. Thank you for all that sharing. Do you have any closing comments and where can our listeners find you?
1: I just really love to inspire your your listeners with um, a beautiful quote that I think about often. And that is that no one can smile your smile. No one can say your peace. No one can shine your light. No one can fill your place in this world. And if you don't shine, how many people will pass your way in their own darkness without seeing your light if your light is not shining? And so we all need to make a choice to shine our individual, unique, beautiful, wonderful way, because there is nobody else that can be a Nikki Bush. There is nobody else that can be an Angelique de Toy. And if we don't do what we are destined to do, who else is going to fill that role? And that goes for every single one that is listening in whatever it is that they do, whatever gift set is designed in their DNA, it's that route. That they need to follow because that's what the world needs that's why they have been created so uniquely so over 7 billion people on this planet and only one you and so let us never forget that and
0: we are alive
1: for a very real
0: reason absolutely where can our listeners get hold of you angelique they can go onto my website at angeliquedetoy.co.za And please, to our listeners, do go and follow Angelique and listen to her podcast. She really does unbelievably inspirational work. Thank you, Angelique de once again. To our listeners, please send through your comments, questions, and topic suggestions to info at nickybush.com. And you're invited to share this podcast with your friends and colleagues to empower them to win at work and life too.